So a good couple of years ago, uh, a good friend of mine went to Africa for a summer to teach English. And uh, she went over and she was expecting, I suppose, what she had seen on, on, on TV or that. So, you know, a lot of dryness and dust, uh, red dust everywhere and little smiling children. And much of it met her expectation. But one thing completely caught her by surprise. She was going out to teach English and she was expecting, you know, her primary school experience of school. So kids are outside playing and then the teacher comes out with the bell or whatever it is and come on, kids, in you come. And they're all like, oh, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play, I want to stay outside. So she would go outside with her little bell and say, ding, ling, 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 all right, kids, we're going in. And the kids would say, what are we doing, what are we doing? And she'd say, we're learning English. And they'd go, oh, we're learning English. And all the kids would run in, get their little chalk boards and a little bit of talk and be ready to rock within milliseconds because they loved learning English. This com- completely caught her by surprise because she was expecting you know, to kind of the drag them in out of the, out from the field uh, as you would here in Ireland. Those kids, they, understand, they understood the, the, the importance of education and they understood the, the, the value of what they were doing. And because of that, they ran to it, right? It was, they, were, they were passionate about learning English. They were passionate about school because maybe their parents hadn't gone. So maybe their parents were actually literate. So this, 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 is, this is our chance. This is our chance to learn something. It's our chance to get something. So they'd actually rush into school. In our reading today, uh, we hear, uh, it's a beautiful account uh, from Nehemiah about the, the word being read for the people. And the people had been deprived of it for a while. We won't go into the details. But Ezra starts reading the, uh, the word to them and the people raised their hands and answered amen, answered, amen, amen. And they bowed down, faced the ground, prostrated themselves before the Lord. And Ezra read from the law of the Lord, translating and giving sense to what was being said, so they could all understand. Then Nehemiah said to the people, this is a sacred day to the Lord. Do not be mournful. Do not weep. But the people were all in tears after listening to the word of the Lord. Do not be sad, for the joy of the Lord is your stronghold, often translated, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I prefer that one. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So, the people were hungry for the word of the Lord. When they came in then, when, when they heard it, they were, they were elated. They were joyful. They were in tears. So they, had, they came to this kind of, we call it a liturgical celebration, if you will. Uh, they came to it with, with a great expectancy. My goodness, this is the word of God. This is God's word for us, his chosen people. And it, it gave them life and joy and it challenged them and it, it maybe reproved them a little as to where they were a little out of line. Uh, but it was, it was stunning for them, okay? Now, back to us. When we come to Mass, what is our expectation? Because if, if we come to Mass with no expectation, and I might even argue that this is very common, if not, the ma- in the majority of cases, we come to Mass not actually expecting anything. So we come to Mass somewhat dragged in from the field, you know, still with mucky knees and the ball, we can he- still hear the ball bouncing. I say, I want to go back on. Do you know? And we're, we're dragged in and we're just counting down the minutes until we can get back out into the field. All right? Back out playing football. And so then in the meantime, what, what happens in here is, is lost. And therefore, what happens in here, the quicker it is, the better. Just get it over with. So we can get back out and do the important stuff. Okay? 
And I would say that this, this, this mentality is quite, is quite common. Now, this isn't to say, of course, that mass should take two, three, four hours. No one is arguing that. I'm not arguing that. Uh, but I am arguing that when we come to Mass, what we do, what you do, what I do, what we do as individuals in here, and what we do as a community, is very, very important. Why? Because if we don't know what we're doing, the chances are we'll stop doing it. If we don't know why we should come, we'll stop going. And we're, I think we're going to see a bit of that now in Ireland at the moment, now, now that uh, the social distancing and all that is lifted. Churches can have a capacity crowd now if they wish. And I think we'll see now what, what the, the various reports will, will, will be saying uh, over the next couple of weeks. My guess is mass attendance is going to drop. Uh, it already has, but my guess is that this, this, there won't be a, 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 a mass return. That's pardon, pardon, pardon the pun. <laughs> there won't be a huge return to mass. And I think that this, this is part, because of that, of that problem, when we were here, when we were going to Mass, did, did we know why we were here at all anyway? Because if we're just here to kind of tick the box and obey the rule, you know, it's, it's part of my faith, I'm kind of supposed to, otherwise my mam, God rest her, would be, would be unhappy with me. That's, that's not going to hold, you see. And I think we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of this kind of issue now. So let's be positive about it. Let's ask ourselves honestly, let's reflect on why we're here. Because if we know why we're here, then we'll know why we should keep coming back. If we don't know why we're here, the chances are we'll stop coming. So this is really, really important. It, it, it is crucial to our faith that we know what Mass is all about in the first place. So, very, very briefly, I promise. Okay. Uh, we start a little broader and work it down to, to our own situation. So, what's the purpose of religion in general? What's, what's the, the purpose of religion? Now, your atheists or maybe communist uh, philosophy would argue that it's, well, it's the, it's the opium of the weak. So for all these weak people who can't direct their own lives, when things go to pot, they say, well, sure, God will help us. <coughs> Poor little things, right? So it's, the, it's, it's for the weak, right? That's what some would argue. It's not our position, obviously. But the heart of religion is worship. The heart of religion is worship. If you look at any world religion, the, the, the focus of it is, is often you, you offer something to God. You come to God, you come to a, a place of worship. It's even called a place of worship, a temple or something, some sort of a central building. And you give something to God or offer something to God or whatever it is. But the, the heart of religion is, is worship. Now, next step, what's, what's the heart of worship? If the heart of our religion is supposed to be worship, what's, what's the heart of worship? What, how do we know if we're worshipping right? Or, or how has God taught us to do this? How has God taught us to worship? What does God ask? And remember, this isn't just made up by us. What does, what is the, the, what's the direction given to us by God? The heart of worship is sacrifice. So that the heart of, of our faith isn't that we all have something to do and we all have a, a job here, you know, we have, we'll have ushers and cleaners and collectors and Eucharistic ministers and readers. That, that, that the heart of, of, of the Mass isn't that we all get something to do because there aren't enough jobs for you all. But that's, that's not the sense of it. You know what I mean? No, no more than the heart of going to a match in Croke Park is that everyone in the crowd feels they have a job to do. I'll, I'll, I'll distribute the peanuts, I'll clean the toilets, I'll what? No, you, you see, you're, you're there, you're, you're there for, what's, the, what's the main event like? The main event is the match down below. That's what you're supposed to be there for. So it's not that we all have something to do. In fact, 
even at a match, what's your, what's your job at a match? To roar like crazy. That's your job, right? Sing when everyone else is singing. Roar when everyone else is roaring. Boo when everyone else is booing, right? That's your job. So when you come to Mass, what's your job? Roar when everyone else is except the children. Don't follow the children's example. If they start crying, don't follow them, right? But sing when everyone else is singing. Answer when everyone else is answering. Do you know, enter into the atmosphere. Engage in the liturgical celebration. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's our job. Okay? So the heart, though, of, of, of worship is sacrifice. So the heart of the Mass is what happens here on the altar. This sacrifice. That, this is the heart of it. Okay? So something entirely and incredibly supernatural happens at this and every single Mass. And that's why it, it, like the Mass has been, it has been honed and refined over the centuries to give us what we have today. So there are, there are moments when we kneel down because something incredible has just happened. It's not because the priest, you know, the priest says we have to kneel. No. Like, God is here. And if an angel were to appear, if our Blessed Lady were to appear, if, if Jesus were to appear in front of you right now, you would drop to your knees. You would drop to your knees in, in I'd say, such an, an avalanche of all sorts of emotion, everything from, from awe to embarrassment to why me to, oh my goodness, when was I at confession last? You know, I think... I think if we were to see these, these spiritual realities as they are, dropping your knees is, is, is the least of your concerns. Of course you would. So, so this is what happens in Matthew. There's a sacrifice that goes on here. Jesus the Son is offered to God the Father. And why? Because of you and me. Because of you and I, and for you and I. Because of our sins, but out of love for us. This is what happens at every single Mass. Now if I know that, then when I go to Mass, it's not about how wonderful our singers are, good and all as they are. It's not about that. We don't go to Mass for entertainment. We don't go to Mass because of the homily. We don't go to Mass even because of those we meet. Wonderful and all as these things are. You know, the, the community aspect is nice. Okay. Uh, but that's not why we go. That can't be the heart of why we go. Otherwise, when our friends stop going, we'll stop going. When the music stops, we'll stop. So that, that, that can't be the, the foundation of our mass attendance. Our mass attendance must be that we understand what's going on, that the heart of religion is worship, and the heart of worship is sacrifice. So we go along to attend the holy sacrifice of the mass, Jesus offered to God the Father. And then that's, that's what you and I, in all humility, can receive as we approach the altar receiving Holy Communion. We receive this incredible gift. The Lord won't turn you away. Because all of this, he, he, he did it for you. He did it to draw you close to him. He wants your heart. He wants your love. He wants your time. And in return, he wants to give you his heart, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He wants to give you his infinite love. And he wants to give you eternity. St. Augustine writes, and I think I, sometimes when I read these kind of quotations, I think I don't want to read them just as, like, as entertainment, read them like from the outside. This should be my life. This should be what I live. This should be what I think. This should be what I do. This should be my standard as a follower of Christ. And so we finish with this today. May my mind, my heart, my body, my life be wholly animated by you, Lord, my sweet life. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you 
and will live no longer through my own efforts, but through you. Amen.